Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandrobe, the podcast for wine fanatics who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, we introduce you to a prominent woman and take a peek into her life and, of course, her favorite wines. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandro, and I'm talking with Taylor Saris, who is featured in Wine Country Women of Sonoma County. Taylor, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. So let's get started. You are a Sonoma County girl. Yes. Through and through. Yep. Born and raised. So tell me, what is it like growing up in Sonoma County? Well, I don't know any different. Um, So I can't speak to other experiences, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, Born and raised on my family's ranch in Sonoma, in um, Sonoma Valley to be exact. And, um, excuse me, we just have, you know, a nice ranch and growing up listening to the cows mooing and the tractors going and hearing trucks go up and down the driveway because we have a construction company as well is something that I wouldn't trade for the world. We, you know, I never had the neighborhood experience. Um, my mom grew up in a neighborhood and she's like, Oh, so much fun. We used to go and play in the neighborhood with all the friends and da, 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 da. And I was like, yeah, no, I didn't do that. I played with my brothers. Um, so that's just kind of how, how it worked for me. And like I said, I wouldn't change it for anything. How many acres on this ranch? Uh, roughly 200. Wow. You grew up with two brothers. How was that? It was good. Um, Definitely gained my competitive nature from that. You know, you have to keep up with your brothers and keep up with the older kids and their friends and everything. So, um, you know, more of a tomboy, probably not, not the most chic of girls, I guess you could say. Um, But I, you know, know how to ride a horse, know how to train a steer, know how to drive a tractor, know how to drive a truck. So, it, you know, you give some and you get some. Um, I think you're like every man's dream. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, but thank you. I think you can do it all. I think you're, a, first of all, quite beautiful and you're able to do all these kind of guy things. So I think a lot of men would find you like amazing. Oh, well, thank you. Um, so your brothers actually um, did you a favor, I think. So we are currently sitting in your home, which is on your farm. Why don't you tell me the history of this home? Because it's quite fascinating. Yes. So this home was the first prefab home um, that came around Cape Horn in the early 1800s, potentially 1700s. I don't know the exact time frame. Um, It was fighting Joe Hooker's original home. So he was a general in the military and he lived here. This was his like mainstay. He had a couple houses downtown, but this was his ranch that he owned. So this was his house. Um, very small two bedroom, one bathroom, one living room area and a kitchen. Um, it got a little bit of a facelift, um, before we moved in cause it was, you know, over a couple hundred years old. So right. definitely needed some help. Um, but my grandfather was born here. My dad was raised here. And, um, now I live here, so it's kind of gone, you know, through three generations so far. So we hope to keep it going. Yeah. And, and it's got this, um, you said this is the original 
fireplace yes, right in the middle the, of the house. The fireplace, it's accessible from both sides, so it's used to heat up the entire house. Um, so it's the original fireplace in the house. When the house was originally built, it did not have running water or actually wood floors or anything. Um and no bathroom and no anything. So it got, you know, through the years, it's gotten with the times. Right. Um, but the the fireplace has never been touched. So hopefully we can spark that up come wintertime. Yeah. It's got great vaulted ceilings. Um, there's a couple of animals that are um, on your walls. Yes, we are definitely active hunters. I got that buck in Colorado and that buck in Wisconsin. Um, the cow head is my first longhorn that I ever got when I was 15 years old. She just died a couple years ago. So that's her head, and then her hide is over here on the wall. How would you describe your decorating style? Um, Definitely farmhouse. It's got a big farm sink in the kitchen. I can't stand sinks that have two two hole or two whatever they're called. Two sides. Two sides, thank you. Um, I like one big sink. I agree. Um, uh, How else would I describe it? It's got a... Bigger living room and dining room towards the back of the house. And then the front has a little sitting area. We have one guest room, um, but it's more of like a farmhouse, kind of shabby, chicish, I guess. But definitely farm style. Farm style. It's your style. Exactly. You mentioned that you grew up with those two brothers. Yes. They made you a little competitive. Yes, they did. What was it like growing up with those two brothers? Tell me how it was being the youngest and the only girl. Yes. You know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And people try to tell me that I was the only girl and I was spoiled and da-da-da-da-da. And yes, they're right. But I also had to work just as hard (laughs) as everyone else. So, um, you know, definitely daddy's little girl and not going to hide that. And I'm just going to say, yeah, that's the way it goes. Sorry. I was God gifted me with a girl or as being a girl and you guys were boys so deal with it um but yeah I like I said I definitely more of the tomboy type with hunting and stuff had having to be able to spend time with my dad and brothers I had to figure out what they wanted to do because there's no way that they were going to want to go play barbies or anything like that right which I really wasn't into all that much from what I remember I could be wrong but I don't think I was Um, so yeah, I like to do the fun, you know, outdoorsy stuff and hunting and hiking and everything like that. But I also like to go and get dressed up and go out to dinner and events and stuff. So we're at your home. Yes. We're in wine country. Yes. So I have to ask, and I'm looking here at your (laughs) bar. Um, and I see that doesn't drink very much. (laughs) Surely do have a full stock. You've got a very impressive looking bar. Thank you. And over here we've got a lot of wine. So it warrants the question. What do you like to drink at home? I like to drink, um, big reds, but it has to be with a meal. Um, Merlot, Cabernet Franc and Cabernet Sauvignon are probably my three top varietals. Red varietals. Mm -hmm. Sauvignon Blanc for white for sure. I am a fan of rosé. Um, especially during the summertime, I'm, I'm more of a seasonal drinker, I guess you could say where reds are more in the wintertime or with a meal whites are more the summertime where it's lighter and fresh. And then obviously the rosés that I've picked up, um, as far as other drinks, my friend who's a dairyman down in Stevenson, California, he brought up elderflower tonic water and, um, uncle Val's botanical gin. 
and a squeeze of lime, so gin and tonic. And let me tell you, I've got my dad hooked on these. I've got my sister-in-law, my mom, my boyfriend. Everybody loves these drinks. They're absolutely fantastic. So way to go, David Jones, because that's all you. <laughs> and um, and then my boyfriend actually at Ernie's Tin Bar. It's a bar down in, over in Petaluma, and it's a strictly beer and cider. And he found a passion wheat, passion fruit wheat beer um, from Vietnam. And I don't know the name of it. I don't know anything like that. But all I know is a passion fruit wheat beer, and it is absolutely amazing. So we'd have big parties with that, just that beer being served at the house. But we're almost out, so sorry. Oh, no. Those are a lot of favorite go-tos. They are. <laughs> Depends on what mood I'm in, I guess. What is something that people might be surprised to learn about you? Something that people might be surprised to learn about me well, I was born in my house. Um, my parents were in the middle of a remodel and I was, um, May 18th, I was born in the afternoon. And so they were in the middle of the remodel and my mom said, okay, everyone's got to go time to time to get this baby out of the oven. And, um, so my dad always says that he took my mom for a walk because when, um, old cows, are in labor, they'll go for a walk and it'll induce labor a little bit. Mm -hmm. So he just used that same ranching mentality and took my mom for a walk and then out I came. Um, and so they wrote on the roof, it's a girl, Taylor Page Saris under the, cause they had just taken off the shingles and so it was just plywood. Right. And then a huge rainstorm came and, um, water was everywhere in the house and we have, um, branch guys that work year round for us and they had to come up and they had to tarp the house and they had to call our friends who have trucking companies and it was just this big old fiasco. So I'm, they say the girl brings the rain, the girl brings the rain. And I'm like, yeah, 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 whatever. But, um, so, so every, wait, I have to ask. So every day on your birthday, does it rain? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think that was just a one-time thing. I don't remember it raining at least. I think it's, I'm trying to think. We normally are gathering cows up in our ranch in Laytonville um, on my birthday, but no, it's never rained. It's normally pretty hot, but, you know, I have to make a grand entrance. Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Drastic, dramatic one. Family traditions. Do you have any family traditions? Family traditions. uh, Let's see. Christmas morning is a definite must at my parents' house. Has been for... 30 plus years, 35, I guess. That's my brother's 35. So yeah, always at my parents' house. Um, we, let's see, what else do we do? You got me on the spot. I can't think about it. Well, you have the bottling oh, party. Yes, the bottling party. That's right. We have um, an event every year. My dad started making homemade wine in the 80s. And then I took over once I got home from college. And we do a bottling party. And every year, you know, all of our friends come and we bottle all of our wine and they get to draw on them. Um, so that's a really fun, gets pretty crazy at the end of the day. Cause everyone's drinking homemade wine, which nobody knows how much alcohol is in it. I think I got it tested one time. And it's like 16 something. So it definitely causes a really good hangover the next day, <laughs> um, but it's pretty tasty. So it works. And then, um, other traditions that we have, I would say that's probably our main go-to that we do every year. Okay. If I'm thinking correctly. What's a fun tradition in Sonoma County that can't be missed by visitors? The Sonoma 
Fourth uh, of July parade. The past two years, my family's been growing blueberries for 20, no, not 20 yet, 18, 18 19 years. Um, and the past two years, we have made it possible where we come home from blueberry harvest for just the day because we're in the middle of harvest during um, July. July. And come home for the day and dress up as blueberries. And we're in the 4th of July parade in Sonoma, downtown Sonoma around the plaza. And um, so we pass out blueberries to everyone and, you know, kids and adults, everyone's screaming for them. And it's it's a crazy time. You are exhausted by the end of the parade because you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off handing out blueberries. But it is so much fun. I'd say probably I know Sonoma has been voted, you know, top. 10 best little towns and all that stuff. Right. The 4th of July experience that Sonoma puts on is there's nothing like it. So it's a can't miss activity. Exactly. For anyone that's planning a trip to Sonoma County. What advice would you give someone who, who thinks they want to move to wine country? I would say, um, step out of your comfort zone, go and try new things. I could, I know a lot of people have told me before, well, you're not out of your comfort zone. You're living on your family's ranch and blah, 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 blah. But we are stepping out in the sense of, you know, expanding the businesses and trying new things and trying new ventures. Um, Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. You know, there are days here that I am covered from head to toe in cow shit. And then there's days that I'm dressed in, you know, a sparkly sequin gown going to a gala. So there, the diversity, um, of Sonoma County is one of its strengths and the diversity of living in Sonoma County. So it's, you know, it's hard work, but there's also fun times and, um, don't be afraid to talk to a stranger because nine times out of 10, they're really nice people and they have a really good story. I think that's excellent advice. Thirsty for more on today's interview? Pre-purchase our soon to be released book, Wine Country Women of Sonoma County, and $10 will be donated to the Sonoma County Community Foundation Resilience Fund. So now let's talk about your career. Yes. Before we talk about where you are now, let's talk about where you once were. Okay. <laughs> what, uh, was, what was your first job ever, first paying job? First paying job? Well, I started out not being paid paid more along the lines of slave labor working for my family <laughs> and having to file things for my mom and that kind of stuff. Um, but first paid job, um, when I was a kid, I raised animals in 4-H and FFA, steers and pigs and dairy heifers. And so I thought, you know, once I was done with that, it made sense to go back and work for the county fair. So I did that in the livestock department for two years, our summer job from home from college, and did that really a lot of fun, a lot of hard work, really late nights, but totally worth it. Um, and it was fun being able to see the little kids grow up and, you know, kids that were once nine years old showing their little pig now 18 years old, showing their steers and everything like that. Um, so it kind of came full circle. And so that was my first official paycheck, I guess you could say. Um, and then when I came home from college, I went to work for the Sonoma Valley Vintners and Growers Alliance. I was their events director. So I put on Sonoma Wine Country Weekend and the Sonoma Harvest Wine Auction for five years, then went to work for Wing and Barrel Ranch, a private hunting club in Sonoma, and then um, came back to work for my family business. Let's talk about your family business. They've got their, you've got your hands in a little bit of everything here. Yes. So talk about it's construction, blueberries, 
grape growing. What else is there? Cattle. So we've got mainly my, my line is cattle construction, blueberries and wine grapes. Um, it keeps us busy throughout the year. So, you know, we'll be harvesting blueberries in June to July. Then we'll go to wine grapes in, you know, fall time, September to October. And then we're gathering cows and vaccinating cows. And then we're kind of, it's a lull come winter time. And unless it's good weather, then the construction's still going and then get ready for pruning and everything like that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we stay busy all year long. Um, my oldest brother is basically into the um, construction. He's running that and I do all the books for it. Um, my middle brother and I are more into the agriculture side of things. So we do the wine grapes and the blueberries with my dad. My dad actually is a part of everything. Um, and then my middle brother and I, Buck is his name, um, we took over the cattle three years ago, so we are the ones that are doing that. So, you know, we stay busy. We like what we do, and we're trying to expand it. Uh, we're starting, my brothers and I are starting a wine label. Uh, we don't know the name or anything like that yet. We have our brand meeting actually tomorrow. So coming soon to stores in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> that first vintage will be of what varietal? The, the first vintage will be a blend of Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Merlot, Malbec, and Petit Verdot. And how many cases? We'll be about 50 cases, give or take. We just want to try it out first and see if this is something that we really want to do. First and foremost, and what we've always said is that we're grape growers, so we're just trying to provide the customer and the consumer with the best product that they can have directly from our hands. Um, and we also, our, our goal with this wine is my dad has always been a huge advocate of, of Sonoma County, but especially Sonoma Valley. So we want to be trailblazers with those people that were, you know, at the forefront of making the best possible wine um, that we can. And being, you know, we Sonoma Valley is a world-class wine region, so we want to make sure that we are at the front of that. Super. So if somebody wants to get their hands on some of that wine, how can they go about doing that? At least be placed on a list. Yes. The best way as of now is just to email me. Um, my email is taylorsaris at gmail.com and then we'll get you on a list. But because we, you know, it hasn't been bottled yet. It hasn't, it's still in the barrel. It's still maturing and aging. Um, that's the, that's the best way as of now. Okay. So if you More want details to come, though. right. So if, if you want to have the best that Sonoma Valley has to offer, you'll email Taylor. Yes. <laughs> what part of your family business? I know, you know, you're so diversified your business, uh, your family's business, but, uh, and you're now you're going into, you know, winemaking is, is there the one part of the business that you like a little bit more than the other? Well, I went to school to be a winemaker. Um, so I would say that probably the grapes are more my thing. We've always kind of said that the construction is John's, my oldest brother, the blueberries are Buck's, and then the grapes are mine. But my main thing is agriculture. I am first and foremost agriculture. I always have been from a little kid. Um, you know, every step of the way through high school and college and elementary school and everything, it's always been agriculture in some, in one form or another. So, um, I would say the, the grapes, but just the ag side of things in general, not to disregard the construction at all, because it's a, you know, important part yeah, of exactly. your business. And right? it's what we do and it's what my grandfather started. Um, but I think our interests have kind of all melded 
they basically the three of us we kind of just separated but then we came back together and so now we're all working together so it was cool everyone we have a rule with my family is that you cannot work for the family business for um five years out of college because you have to go and learn it from somebody else and then you can come back so we all did that and now we're all working together that's super. Yeah. And that was, I think that was a good method that your parents suggested that you all take. Yeah. So it's, that you got very, real life experience exactly. elsewhere. It's very known for kids to come back and work for their family and then just feel that they need to go to the top. Right. And, um, my parents are definitely, you need to work yourself up from the bottom. Like I think my first day that I was actually working for my family, I was in the, I was in a ditch gluing pipe together. Oh my goodness. Um, my brother and I, and we're like, okay, we, we got you dad. We understand. <laughs> yeah. He showed you. Yes, he did. <laughs> Who most influenced your career? I would have to say definitely my parents. Um, my dad lost his father when he was young and he had to, you know, he had a, two family, well, my cousins and my grandmother, um, basically we're all dependent on him. So basically pulling yourself up from your own bootstraps is what his mentality was and hard work pays off. And from his hard work, this is what we have today. So we can always only be thankful. What drives you? What drives me is my, I think it's my internal just desire and want to do better and just never rest on my laurels and always exceed my personal expectations because I have the highest standards for myself. Everyone's like, Oh my God, you're doing so great. And I was like, yeah, it was okay. So I'm always a, you know, have to do better, have to do better. And I think that's probably comes from my dad. Um, but it would just be my like just desire and want and never, never wanting to just kind of hang out. Like I'm always wanting to do some granted, don't get me wrong. I like to, to sit down and watch television and just decompress sometimes. I'm not going to act like I'm a go, go, go all the time. But, um, I, the, the desire to better myself and my name and my family and, and everything of that is, I guess the drive. I haven't really, I don't really have like one solid thing, but that's. Yeah, give or take. Well, pride. Yeah. Pride for your family and, and exactly. you want to succeed. And, exactly. Um, so what advice would you give a woman who wants to move here and have a farm? Well, having a farm is very dirty. So if you are somebody who doesn't like bugs and dirt and that kind of stuff, I probably would advise something different. Um, but in the sense of coming here hard work and dedication and being able to fall flat on your face and being able to pick yourself back up and not having somebody else do it. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a feminist by any means. I'm a very, very traditional person, but I also feel that women can do some of the same things that men can do. Um, I don't think they can do everything, but, um, and vice versa, obviously. But I think that if you are able to, to really stay true to what you want and think about it and don't just do flip of the switch ideas. Really, my dad has always said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it and sleep on it. And so that's something that I've always chosen to do is, well, maybe I want this, but do I really need it? Like always kind of questioning myself. Um, and that can get in your way sometimes because it definitely has for me. Uh, but knowing that level of which, you know, you, you don't want to question yourself too much, but you don't want to just get it instantly. Um, so definitely hard work, dedication, 
little sleep, um, and getting your hands dirty are the main things in, you know, in Sonoma County that I would say are extremely important. Are you a believer that women have a better palate than men? Um, for wine tasting, for wine tasting, I could, I probably believe that. I don't, I don't know enough to say yes or no. I know that when I was in my wine tasting class in, um, down at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo, we did a, a, basically a lab, a test where it taste tested the number of taste buds on your tongue. So you took like a, a binder hole ring and you put right. it on your tongue and you dyed it. And then the number of bumps that you have on there is the number of taste buds that you have. And so you multiply that by the total surface area of your tongue. And so you see what it is. Oh my gosh. And I had really, I had a lot of taste buds. So when you have a lot of taste buds, you like finer or uh, more elegant wines. And so you're basically, my teacher said that I have a more expensive palate than, you know, the person sitting next to me. Um, well, was uh, the person sitting next to you a man? No, it was actually a girl, <laughs> my roommate in college. But, um, yeah, so that kind of went against that idea. Right. But, um, I, maybe it's because guys can, they, you know, I think that guys like in general, heavier, like they'll, they'll be good with a Manhattan or an old fashioned or something like that. That's a little bit bitter and a little bit, uh, they can handle more alcohol level. And so I could see where, where women could have a more finite palate than men, but that's just a, my own assumption. They've said, you know, experts have said that women have better palates, but I'm not sure where the proof has come from. Yeah. So I was just curious where you stood on that topic. Let's wrap up with our five quick questions. Are okay. you ready? I'm ready. Okay. No thinking about Got it. the answers. These are quick. What's the last magazine you read? Last magazine I read was California Cattlemen. What's the weirdest thing in your purse right now? Weirdest thing in my purse would probably have to be paint swatches for my house. What is the last piece of candy you ate? Uh, jelly bean, because my our office manager gave me a gift for being her bridesmaid. Okay. What's your go-to karaoke song? Oh, Lord have mercy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not much for karaoke. I guess Journey, Don't Stop Believing, just because everyone knows it and everyone will get up and dance with you. Okay. And what's one can't-miss stop in Sonoma County? One can't-miss stop in Sonoma County, like event or winery just or place. anything. Place. Um, we know there's a hundred. Right, right, what's right. What's one? Well, once Sarah's Ranch gets up and running with their wine stuff, then definitely that's going to be your stop. Um, but for the time being, I'd probably have to say Beltane Ranch. Okay, that's it. Wonderful. <laughs> thank you so much for sitting down with us, Taylor. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to listen and learn about the women featured in our lifestyle books and involved in our business. Share these episodes on your social media platforms so more people can learn about Wine Country Women. Visit our website at winecountrywomen.com to join our list and be the first to learn about exclusive offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new episode of Wine Country Women.